0: Hi, everybody. We're coming to you today with a bonus drop-in because I have something coming up that I'm really excited about and I thought you all should know. We are doing a pilgrimage with one of my most favorite books in the world. We are doing a Rebecca pilgrimage, Rebecca the novel by the deeply, deeply strange woman, Daphne du Maurier, who I'm learning more about and becoming more and more obsessed with every day and that will be in beautiful Cornwall, England, and I am co-leading it with Dana Schwartz. Dana Schwartz, one of the writers for She-Hulk, the best-selling author of Immortality, A Love Story, host of the podcast, Noble Blood, and brilliant, brilliant lay historian. Dana someone who has dedicated her career to uncovering stories about the past and making them alive for us today. Hi, Dana. How excited are you for this trip? Hi, I am
1: so excited.
0: You and I had so much fun doing a Frankenstein pilgrimage together last year. And on that pilgrimage, someone asked me, what books are you thinking about doing? And I mentioned Rebecca. And like, like a little lemur, you just stuck your head up.
1: You mentioned Rebecca. And immediately I was like, oh,
0: Rebecca, we have to, please, I have to do this. How do I get involved in this? And I was like, come with me. I did not hesitate.
1: And I'm st- I'm thrilled. I had truly the best time on the Frankenstein pilgrimage that I was like, even if you gave me a bad book and a bad author, I still would have done it. And then to do like arguably one of my top three books of all time, Rebecca, which I think is one of those brilliant books that every single person I've recommended this book to has loved it. And it happens to be set
0: at this like, Beautiful house with flowers everywhere overlooking the sea in Cornwall. So we also have to go to a location like Manderley in order to understand the book.
1: How else would we understand this book if we weren't ourselves at a beautiful rural estate where the ghosts of uh, expectations and uh, female roles and limited... Cruel husbands could linger.
0: It wouldn't be possible. We wouldn't be able to understand it. But okay, you said that this is one of your top three favorite books. What do you love about this book?
1: I love Rebecca. I think it's because of that subversion of expectations. That I, I think I always had sort of this like cover that was like it looked like red velvet, and I had it in my mind before I read it. I was like, oh, it's this is an old book. It's going to be boring. It's going to be hard to read, and immediately it just captures you with the specificity and beauty of the language. Like she's such a beautiful writer. But then you're like, what a funny, modern, sad book. I can't think of another book that captures, I mean, the loneliness of being a woman and thinking, I'm going to try to articulate this in like the least like Dana's in therapy way possible. I'm someone who very much has thought like, oh, if I do X or Y or Z, then I'll become the type of person I want to be. If I go to this college, if I graduate this college, if I write a book, if I get married, like I think like, oh, surely if I have this job, then I'll be the type of person who's confident and cool and able to do things. And I've never read a book that so clearly articulates the feeling of loneliness and being trapped when you are in the right place, but you're the wrong person for it. And it's also such a modern book when it comes to female expectations. And Rebecca is such a cool and compelling character, even though, of course, she never appears. And as you research more of Daphne du Maurier, you're like, oh, she's Rebecca. She's not She's not the second Mrs. De Winter. She's freaking Rebecca. I absolutely think that Daphne du Maurier
0: was that glamorous, and yet... I feel so invited into seeing myself into the second Mrs. DeWinter. I feel so seen in that, like, I don't know what to wear. I guess I'll borrow this other person's rain jacket that doesn't really fit me and, like, put on these Wellington boots that they just have extra of, and I don't even own any Wellington boots. I I feel like she's such an inviting narrator.
1: A hundred percent. I mean— the second Mrs. DeWinter, because we're in her perspective, is such a smart, funny character who's so underestimated by the people around her. And that as a reader, you feel like you're getting this privilege to be with her, to keep her company. Like it, it really, I, I always thought it was so cliche and like a little dumb when people are like, oh, the people in my books are my friends. Like I just want to spend time with them. But like this is one of those books where I'm like, I do just want to walk alongside the second Mrs. DeWinter and like listen Mm -hmm, to her as she mm -hmm. talks and get her perspective. And it's so funny the way this book subverts your expectations. I don't want to obviously spoil the ending because what if people haven't read it and I want them to go on the full journey. But I will say it's hilarious to me when people think that this is a romance book, when people are like, no, like it's a, It's a dark comedy tragedy, and it's sad at the end. And when people are like, oh, I love this book. It's so romantic. It's like, no, it's not. It's about a woman being trapped. Two women who are trapped who handle it very different ways. (laughs) Yes, very different ways.
0: Yeah. So, Dana, you and I are going to be in Cornwall We're going to be crowded around fires and staying at this beautiful ancient house. We're going to be walking along the sea and eating scones the Cornish way. And we are going to be talking about haunting. You and I picked this theme. We always have a theme for our pilgrimages to guide us as we read the book. And I'm wondering if you could say a little bit about why the idea of haunting appealed to you.
1: Thinking of Rebecca as a ghost story is so compelling to me because obviously the entire book is haunted by Rebecca's presence. This woman who once was here, isn't here anymore, but is so imbued in in the texture of both every person, but every object around her. But I think that people are haunted by a lot of things that aren't there anymore or were never there. Expectations, versions of yourself that you imagine, the version of yourself that you think other people around you want, without, again, getting too personal or too sad, I think that people behave in a lot of ways that aren't rational because we are scared of other people's expectations or letting ourselves down for a thing that never really was there. And I think the idea of haunting is so compelling. One, because ghost stories, obviously have existed for centuries. People love talking about what happens after we die, but I'm interested in haunting because it's what we do when we're still here. It's not what happens when you're the ghost. It's how you interact while you're still here with the things that aren't anymore.
0: Yeah. And I have been lucky enough to go on almost all of our pilgrimages. We've had 160 pilgrims at this point. And I think I've done one-on-one chaplaincy with well over 100 of them. And this idea of haunting comes up, I really would say like 90% of the time Mm. that people are being haunted by something that we quote a lot, the Cheryl Strait idea of a ghost ship of this other life that they could be living, that they moved to Seattle at 23 and now they're there, but their family is in Kansas and they miss Kansas, but there's this other version of their lives that you know, they got married and stayed in Kansas and how do they grieve that life while fully appreciating this one? Or that there's a version of them you know that's whatever more patient better meditation you know all of these expectations that just travel with us wherever we go and do they haunt us our regrets haunt us and not to mention you know genuine mistakes that we've made moments in which we've been cruel or haven't maintained a boundary that we should have i feel like this question of haunting comes up for all of us. And I'm really excited that we're finally doing a pilgrimage that we're just going to name it. Like, this is the thing that is true for everyone. We are all haunted by something.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's it. Exactly. That's, that's brilliantly said. And I think that with the internet, I mean, we all sort of see ghost versions of each other because the whole idea of Rebecca in this story is, our narrator only gets the best version of her, right? She gets the people who loved her, the glamour of her life, her beautiful flower room. Oh, like can you imagine having a flower room in your house? That's the real fantasy of this book. But, you know, the version of Rebecca that exists through Mrs. Danvers' memory. And I do think that sort of with social media, we get the Rebecca versions of people while they're still alive because we're only getting like their highlight reels,
0: not only that, we're creating a ghost version of ourselves. We're projecting, you know, specters of, yes, my bedroom is this beautiful and cut out of the frame, the pile of laundry that is like two inches to the left. Yeah, But Rebecca, right? Like we know from the very beginning of the book that she she is dead and she has like curated this memory of herself. Like, her Instagram would be curated
1: as hell. Oh, my God. She would be killing it on social media. She would also be one of those women who gets, like, a Vogue profile written about her. And you're just like, how? Who is she? What? Yeah. I would
0: want to know the 10 things that are always in her purse.
1: Yeah, exactly. Where you're like, oh, Vogue just covered her because she just is impossibly chic and fashionable. Like, She's good at calligraphy and flower arranging and probably like went to the Olympics for equestrian and like, you know, who is this woman and how did she get a memo that I never received?
0: This is also the book that is like best on loss of innocence that I know. I feel like I was given all of these loss of innocence books in like late adolescence that were like very like posh white man right it's a separate piece and catcher in the rye and i just like liked the books fine but never understood what was so great about them and didn't see myself in them and then you know i read rebecca and in the second mrs de winter right she is someone who is realizing ulterior motives always a step behind everybody right? She's like, oh, this wealthy man has fallen in love with me for me. And then it's like, oh, maybe it's not just for me. Maybe he just needed someone else and it's that I'm young. And then she thinks Mrs. Danvers is paying a certain kind of attention to her. And it turns out that it's more cynical than that. And she's constantly learning that the world is a little harsher and less generous than she realized. And then she thought, and it's this feeling of embarrassment that she has to course correct throughout the book. And and those moments haunt us, right? That's the moment that will still get me up in the middle of the night and make me feel ashamed. That time that I embarrassed myself by assuming I was friends with someone who they were like, oh, we're not friends. Mm-hmm. It's right. Like those are the moments that haunt us. And I'm just so excited to be like walking and thinking about those things and and how to acknowledge those versions of our lives that are haunting us and then hopefully like send them away at least a little bit sort of like push them out onto the sea and light them on fire like a pyre. Yeah.
1: I can't wait. I feel like the reason Rebecca is so personal to me is I feel like I always live my life thinking like, why aren't I the Rebecca version of Dana? Like, why aren't I the beautiful, together, charming, XYZ version of myself that I always imagine I could slash should be? And I'm excited to, to... deconstruct that on long walks and by talking about Daphne Des Maurier and and talking about Rebecca with with really smart, interesting people. I mean, I'm just, I'm so already so excited to do this.
0: Well, me too. If this is half as fun as the Frankenstein pilgrimage that we did last year is, it will be something that carries me through on the joy meter for the rest of the year. So everybody you can find out more about this at readingandwalkingwith.com. And I just Hope you join us, everyone. It's going to be so fun. I'm so excited. Dana, thanks for coming on another trip with me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. This is the, the pleasure of a lifetime.